Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. And today we'll be hearing from Ben Wilson about a Hillsdale grad who is the new CEO for a charter school management organization. We'll also be hearing from Megan Williams about how the Hillsdale Hospital is ranked in the top 6% of rural hospitals. Next, we'll hear from sophomore Caroline Holmes, who's on the swim team. She'll be talking about their win at the conference meet they had last week. Finally, we'll hear from Sean Callaghan about a speech that he attended about entrepreneurship. I'm Maddie Welsh, and I have with me here Ben Wilson, the editor-in-chief of The Collegian. He's going to talk to us about a new charter school management organization and its first CEO. Tell us a little bit about this, Ben. Yes, thank you so much for having me on, Maddie. I'm uh, glad that I finally got around to coming on the show. Uh, yeah, so the article I wrote for this week um, is about Hillsdale's role with a new charter school management organization um, and their first CEO. And it was a difficult story to write in that there's a lot of details about how Hillsdale is involved and isn't involved. But it basically started two years ago, actually, at a dinner that I covered. Um, the Tennessee governor came to Hillsdale College to speak to the grad students at um, a banquet. Um, governor Bill Lee met with different Hillsdale faculty, including President uh, Larry Arn and kind of just understood our mission and understood what the college was about and our heart for schools and our heart for charter schools. And he talked with Dr. Arn for a few months and then in May of 2021, kind of formally asked him um, to pursue um, Hillsdale to help uh, bring schools to Tennessee, um, to play a role in bringing more charter schools to Tennessee, to give uh, parents in that state more options for their children. And Larry Arn is a visionary and he is very much a man of goals and he took that on and the college wants to help get as many charter schools as we can off the ground in Tennessee. Um, But that is not an easy task. One school is hard, let alone dozens, um, which is what the governor and the college would love to do. Um, So this story kind of talks about the, the management organization that opened up that really doesn't have any ties with the college. There's no finances or um, money interest coming to the college from the organization. Um, but the college does help the organization some. But it's not related, but there's a lot of Hillsdale involvement with it to get this project moving. Tell me about the CEO. So the CEO, his name is um, Joel Shellhammer, and he's a graduate um, from Hillsdale. He graduated in 2001. He took the first class uh, Dr. Arn taught here at Hillsdale. And he's done a lot since then. Uh, he studied um, at Cambridge. He studied, he got a JD at Harvard Law, so an underachiever. Um, he's worked at a lot of consulting firms and different businesses. And when he applied for uh, this job to run, and the, the, the charter management organization is called American Classical Education, um, and ACE is, is the abbreviation. And when he applied uh, to be the CEO of ACE, it was clear to everyone um, that oversaw the process that his career is one of starting companies and getting things off the ground and running. Um, so he was the man for the job. So how does this project further the mission of Hillsdale College? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And I think it's best answered in how Dr. Arn um, um, spoke about it for this article. And he said that uh, this is important for the college and important for our you know, our, our energy and time that we're putting into this CMO, Charter Management Organization, um, because those who know beautiful things, uh, they have to share them. And that's what he said. He said, if you know beautiful things, you have a duty to share them. That was his quote. And I think that really encapsulates it. We, we do amazing work on this campus. Um, we teach important books and we teach life change and we teach virtue and we teach really, really awesome things. But just based on numbers and quantity, only so many students can get to experience that 
at Hillsdale College, and we have a duty to extend that reach as much as we can, and education is what we're good at here. Um, so we want to do it in charter schools and private schools across the country. Uh, so it really pushes forward what we believe in at the college, and, and that's important. So when a new charter school is going to open um, through this CMO, um, again, which doesn't have an affiliation um, with Hillsdale College, but they can come to the Barney Charter School Initiative, which is um, in, in the Hillsdale College world, um, in our K-12 through office. Um, BCSI helps charter schools with everything from curriculum to teachers um, to even school culture and different trainings and conferences. We're very generous, but we are giving them the resources and the help and the trainings, but we never, ever get any money back because Hillsdale does not take federal or state funding. So that's something we have to be very careful of because charter schools are obviously funded by state governments. So BCSI helps these schools along and they will do just that with ACE. Um, They will help them with those schools. Um, just like we would do any other charter school. But the really important thing is, and that what Barney and everyone in the K-12 through office really looks at, is whether these schools um, and different companies, um, CMOs that come to us to, to get help with charter schools, if they're mission aligned, if they understand what we're trying to do in this country, um, the virtues and the important things that we're putting forward through these schools and what we want to do in them. Um, so having an organization that is already from the get-go aligned with Hillsdale is going to make that process a lot easier to align with our mission. Thank you for coming on the show, Ben. It was an honor to finally come on the show, Maddie, and I hope I'm able to come back a lot more. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. This is Lauren, and I'm here with Megan Williams, the assistant opinions editor for the Collegian, and she wrote an article about how the Hillsdale Hospital is ranked in the top 6% of rural hospitals nationwide. Do you mind telling us a little bit about this article? Um, So Hillsdale Hospital was included in a ranking of the top 100 rural hospitals nationwide by the Chartist Center for Rural Health. So this organization um, provides educational materials and trainings to rural hospitals across the United States in order to help improve their quality of care, help them with technological advances, um, and figure out ways to improve rural hospitals um, just because it can be harder for them to get the resources and um, the finances that they need in order to run a safe environment. Um, So every year they compile this list of the top 100 rural hospitals in the nation. Um, It's just a comprehensive list. It's not ranked. Um, But it's based on a variety of factors, including um, any technological advances the hospital has been making, how many of the patients in the local area that the hospital serves actually go to that hospital. So basically, how many people in Hillsdale will go to the Hillsdale Hospital instead of driving all the way to Jackson. Um, So This ranking is something that Hillsdale Hospital has received only once before, but it's really impressive for them to be included um, since, like you said, they're in the top 6% of rural hospitals nationwide. Who are some of the people that you interviewed and what did they have to say? I was able to talk to Rachel Lott. Um, She works at the hospital um, in their marketing and development department. Um, And she was able to give me a lot of good information about what the hospital has been doing these past couple of years. Um, So she explained that, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of rural hospitals have have been forced to close some of their departments um, and some of their wings of their hospitals. So while a lot of rural hospitals aren't able to provide birthing centers anymore or are having to get rid of specialty units, Hillsdale Hospital has actually been improving and expanding these areas. Um, So they just established a new birthing center in 2015, and they have been 
getting lots of new technologies um, in the past two years. So they just received a new MRI technology that they're able to be using, which makes MRIs more comfortable for patients. Um, And they are one of the first hospitals in Michigan to actually have that technology. Um, But she was able to explain the advances that the hospital has been doing and how this has helped set them up financially so that they continue to serve the community for hopefully the next 106 years. What are some of the things that Hillsdale Hospital continued to do or even improve upon even during the COVID-19 times? So a lot of rural hospitals were actually overwhelmed during COVID-19 because they didn't have the resources, um, the technology, or the staff to be able to maintain their hospital and actually help their local communities during COVID-19, especially when we were experiencing high levels of hospitalizations. Um, The Hillsdale Hospital was one of the rural hospitals that was um, never really had a problem with having too many beds full, um, and they were also able to continue working on getting new technologies. So even during the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, they were able to get that new MRI technology. They were able to start doing research into other areas that they could improve, um, and they were really able to serve the Hillsdale community in a very effective way, um, just by making sure that people had a comfortable place to stay. Um, I remember last year they opened up a new wing or section of their hospital to help people with COVID um, so that they could have some extra beds and extra places for people to come and stay. But they really made an effort to have a welcoming community um, at the hospital for uh, people in Hillsdale to be able to be served and helped when they were sick. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. The Collegian Weekend Review continues. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Caroline Holmes, who's a sophomore on the swim team. She's going to be talking to us about how the swim team won their conference meet for the third year in a row. We did. Caroline, tell me a little bit about the meet. What was sort of, um, what were sort of your takeaways from it? Yeah. So we got the three-peat, which is pretty cool. That's pretty special. Um, it was It was a great meet. Um, this was the first normal conference meet that I have ever experienced. I'm a sophomore last year. The conference, the swim season in general and the conference meet were both, um, they were not the standard format. So it was a fun new experience for me to be able to compete in the traditional four-day format alongside my wonderful, outstanding, amazing, exceptional teammates. (laughs) They're the best. And I could brag about them for hours and hours. (laughs) But um, it it was great. It was definitely mentally challenging um, to, you know, you have eight sessions of swimming. And um, I think, you know, that's something that we all do. But part of the mental, mentally challenging aspect was just how close the scores were every single day, including the last day. And um, that was something you have to learn as an athlete, how to turn your brain off and not think about the results. And our coach says, he's like, values-based responses, not emotional-based responses, and stay in the moment and all these things. And he's right. It's true. And we all got a really good opportunity to practice those skills during our meet. And then I think the other giant takeaway was just how um, resilient and um, tenacious (laughs) um the hillsdale college swim team is we uh, truly every single day everyone just didn't back down and um everyone was ready to go every session we had some awesome outstanding swims by 
a lot of our team, a lot of our members, and we we, we crushed it. We got it at the end. That was awesome. <laughs> so what did you swim at the meet? So I swam the, um, I'm, I'm like the queen of the 200. <laughs> um, I swam the 200 free, the 200 back, the 200 IM, and then the 100 back. And then I was um, lucky enough to be a part of three relays, the 200 medley relay and the 400 medley relay, both the backstroke legs. And then I was the um, anchor on that 800 free relay. What were some of the most exciting races to watch? Emma DeCoot had never done the 4IM before. And coach, a couple weeks before the, the conference meet, said, Emma, I need you in this 4IM. And she said, okay. And she did it for the first time at GMAX, and it was awesome. And then she made finals. And then in finals, she swam even faster than prelims and, like, made it to the, near the top for heat. And that was amazing. Um, that was a really cool swim. Every senior's last swim was really special. Joanna Burnham won the 4IM. That was really cool. She surged through at the breaststroke. Um... Megan Clifford, like we had a lot of wins. Megan Clifford won the two fly and the hunter fly. Joanna won two IM, four IM. Elise won um, 500,000 mile and um, had a rock star swim in the mile. Got that NCAA B cut and ended up qualifying for the meet, which was pretty cool. We found that out yesterday. It was really exciting. So I know in your 200 free, it's very close between you and the first two people. So tell me about that race. The whole season, it's been um, me and Leah and this um, girl from Finley. We've all just just knocking on the door at the same time, you know. And um, during our dual meet, we um, Finley came to us and they swam at home. And um, Leah and I and that the girl from Finley, we were all in the 200 free. And at that meet, at the dual meet, um, we Leah won, the Finley girl got second, and I got third, all within a couple hundredths of each other. And then at GMAX, it was funny because the same thing happened, which was um, really fun to be a part of that because it's always like when you're the one swimming, you're um, like stroke for stroke. You can see like we're all just kind of like a pack the whole way. And then it's always, and it comes down to um, Leah. Leah always just like, she's able to reach and just stretch and just out touch her by just a couple hundredths. And I believe at GMAX, she out touched her by one singular one hundredth, which is so cool. It's like goosebumps up. But um, it was really fun to be a part of that. Um, I was so happy to see that Hillsdale had taken that that event because that's it was it was really cool and i think at that point in the meet like it was kind of like every point matters like clawing like scratching for each point so to be able to come out on top for our team in that event that was that was cool i know the 800 free relay was also very important event score wise and you won by a pretty good margin so tell me about that race too yeah that one um we won by 13 seconds which was pretty cool um yeah so that was day three and there had only been one point in the in the um, meet where Finley had passed us, and it was day three after um, the 100 breaststroke, which is like their strongest event, probably our weakest event. And our coach was kind of like, guys, we have to win this relay. And then everyone were like, all right, we're going to win this relay. <laughs> and, um, and then last year, it was um, kind of like a revenge moment because <laughs> um, last year we... Um, we did not win the 800 free relay um a team who was no longer in our conference they were in the mountain east but they're gone now um unc pembroke they had won that relay and it was like just it was a thing like they were in different heats and like i think we swam before them and then we didn't see that you know so we were coming in this time we were like oh we're winning this relay this time around 
And, and then, uh, of course, just that was a crucial point. We wanted to stay on top, headed out of day three. So that's what we did. And it was a tough, it was a tough day. I think day three is probably the most challenging day. Like the events, the, the event combos. It was a, it was a nice victory. It was a sweet victory, one could say. Thank you for coming on the show, Caroline. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Lauren, and I'm here with Sean Callaghan, the assistant news editor for The Collegian. And he wrote an article about an entrepreneur um, offering some advice for starting small businesses. So do you mind telling me a little bit more about this article, Sean? Yeah, so uh, Friday of last week, uh, Patrick Whaley, entrepreneur, um, came to the school and offered a talk um, about his background. He owns two small businesses. One is Ad Astro Roasters and St. Martin's Academy down in Kansas. And so he kind of gave his background and how he started those and then started to give advice to students on how to start your small business and um, give us some sort of tips and tricks on how to uh, do that. So. What advice did he offer to students specifically who are interested in doing this? I think one of the biggest things he focused on was to not be scared about starting a small business. Um, I think there's sort of a stereotype, at least this is kind of what he was saying, that um, starting a small business, you have to be super successful. And in terms of being successful, that means you know making a lot of money. But I think what he said was to structure your small business off of principles, use principles to um, sort of run and drive your business. And um, as long as you stick to those principles, um, then that can be a successful business for you. Um, so don't sort of let the world sort of dictate for you what a small business is. What are some of his passions and the reason why he thinks small businesses are so important? I think one of the things for him of why he thinks small businesses are so important is um, some of the principles such as family, faith, etc., are things that in a bigger business aren't necessarily um, important to sort of the bigger world. Um, so he named you know a couple big businesses out there who don't really care about family or these other principles that someone like Patrick Whalen or people coming from a Hillsdale background would um, would kind of aspire to in their small business. Um, and so the small business sort of allows for um, students to sort of still kind of put a foot in the door in the free market, but still at the same time um, keep to their values of like, I still want to spend time with my family. I still want to be successful, you know, in the market, um, but I still want to continue to, you know, grow as a person. So, Did you talk to any students who were able to attend this talk and what did they think about it? Yeah, I talked to uh, two actually. Uh, one of them, I don't remember her last name, but her first name is Lydia. And she actually, the uh, program or the talk that Patrick gave was actually uh, part of this program that Hillsdale started up this spring and is an opportunity for students um, to develop their small business or idea they have and then pitch it over the course of five semesters. And um, so Olidio is one of those participants. And so she kind of gave her pitch on her idea is to, um, her idea of a small business is to smart, start a bookstore and she also loves English and so and coffee and so she wants to sort of combine coffee with a bookstore um, and so a talk like this kind of gave her practical steps on sort of how to approach that. I think one thing um, that and I kind of talked a little bit about this but I think one thing that Patrick Wynn really sort of ran home at least for me personally in the talk is um, 
yeah, to really not to not be scared to sort of push back against sort of the sort of the culture. Um, so like for him starting St. Martin's Academy, um, he, he was really pushing it back against sort of the um, the stereotype uh, stereotype of sort of what education should be. And so for him, he was able to sort of find a niche of where um, his school could be successful. So I think one thing is um, keeping to those small principles, um, but also making sure, and this is kind of what Wayland said, is making sure yet you also have a niche in the community. So for him, the roastery or the roaster, uh, Ad Oster Roasters here in Hillsdale, um, his niche is, even though there are a bunch of other coffee shops, his is the only uh, roastery that's present here in, in the town. Um, and so I think for him, he was just saying, making sure that um, in polishing your idea, making sure that it sort of has a place um, or a need that it can meet. So. All right, Sean, well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. You're welcome. Thanks, Lauren. You have been listening to the Collegian Weekend Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM with your hosts, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find us on Instagram at hdalecollegian or you can find us online at www.hillsdalecollegian.com. Again, you've been listening to the Collegian Weekend Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.